God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And, uh, well, the, there's still a lot more coming out about the Fauci emails. And, uh, you know, one of the themes for today's show is really about trust in our government, trust in our systems, trust in our institutions. And one of the things we don't have anymore is trust. And... That's going to spell big trouble heading into the future with regard to vaccines, with regard to law-abiding citizens cooperating with law enforcement, uh, with regard to our trust in our health care systems, whether it's the COVID lies. All these different things are going to have an impact. The way they're pushing things, the way there's, you know, the seller. We don't trust the salesman. We talked about this over the last couple of weeks. We, we don't trust who is selling us the vaccines. And that's why such a small number of people are adopting and endorsing and accepting and taking these vaccines. I heard a number of 25% uh, plan to take it or were taken. That's not, not going to get corporate sponsorship. So they'll never be able to pull off that vaccine passport that we don't want. Because they'll never have corporate uh, involvement. And people, you know, and it's going to be more and more difficult for our government to pass through these things without the trust of the people that they're actually selling these ideas to. We pay the taxes for them to serve us. And there for a long time we had some trust in them. I know personally I trusted the government until I learned so much more getting into the media business maybe a decade ago. I I started to really get a full understanding as to how corrupt our situation was. And then when we talk about, you know, the Russian hoax being the same playbook as the Watergate, 
that the Democrats were in on both. And the Democrat media, the Democrat FBI, the Democrat uh, DNC funding financed, you know, basically a coup against the president, whether it's Nixon or Trump. And it becomes the same thing. And you're like, wow, this stuff's been going on for a while now. But I didn't know. You know, when I was 12 years old or whatever I was, no, 10 years old, 8 years old, I didn't know what was going on with Watergate. I do know that there was a division within our country at one point. And then, you know, as the, you know, it's a media tug of war. Whose side are you on? What is the right side? What's not the right side? And as you start to lose your center, as you start to lose that center of the field, it's lost and you lose. And you have to either resign or you have to stay silent. And in, in not in all cases are you going to win these battles. A lot of people ask the question, well, how did Trump lose? And of course, we know he didn't lose. We know he won. Just like I think that Mitt Romney beat Obama in 2012. I think that you know, today's today's problems started with uh, Barack Obama's radical ideas, his Solalinsky ways, tendencies, his Cloward and Piven ideas, his basically his destruction of America to rebuild it in the utopia to which he thinks is best. The fact is, he doesn't realize that he was never capable of, of leading anything except a community organizer that was pimping money out of the pockets of people that were believing in him. He sold it like a corrupt televangelist sells an, sells an idea and gets a lot of money, gets rich. But that's what they were doing in the government. So Barack Obama started it when he said, we are just five days away from fundamentally transforming the United States of America. I always go back to that moment. We are just five days away from fundamentally transforming the United States of America. That shook me in my core. And that was five days from an election. And he was rallying to win against, I think, a feckless, spineless, non-fighter of a candidate at the time was Mitt Romney in 2012. Actually, in 2008, it was McCain when he said that. It was 2008. And he knew. He was ahead in a landslide. McCain couldn't win a dog catcher at the time. Nobody really liked McCain. But somehow, the GOP, and when we look back at the GOP, we look back at all these different figures that were running the show in, in the DOP. Bill Crystal, uh, the Lincoln Project, you know, uh, uh, Steele, I forget his first name, the first black GOP chairman. 
and a lot of others, you know, all turned liberal, all turned on their backs on the Republican Party that made them, gave them wealth. Sort of like these celebrities that actually do these things. You know, they get rich and then they blast America overseas. They were like, where's the gratitude for all this? Where is it? And it's the same thing with uh, with the Republican Party. With the Democrats, though, you have a whole bunch of old geezers. I guess it's 128 years in office for Biden, Schumer, and Nancy Pelosi to get combined. And you wonder, these people, if you try to get them to screw in a light bulb correctly, I don't think they could do it. They would be fascinated by the bulb and how it would screw in, but they wouldn't be able to screw that bulb in, I don't think. I mean, I just think that they're really removed from reality. They lost their way. At some point in their life, they were young and normal. But Washington destroyed them. Greed and opportunities of fraud and abuse destroyed them. You know, even even um, Dr. Fauci goes to MSNBC and Nicole Wallace, who used to be an advisor for Bush, had this to say about Dr. Fauci. Just take a listen. Well, the true mark of someone is if they look good, even when their personal emails come out. So you, you pass the test that very few of us would, would pass. Dr. Anthony Fauci, thank you for spending some time with us today talking about all of it. We're always grateful to get some of your time. Well, she's giddy, right? Says something so, so bona fide stupid as that about Dr. Fauci. Never mind the fact that so many people have died. This is a political football for her. She could care less about the death and destruction. If you ask me, Xi Jinping and Dr. Fauci and and uh, his his boss Collins and Dansky, uh, the uh, guy that he gave the money to, uh, who's now heading up the American contingent for the investigation coming out of the WHO. And when Biden says, we're going to put a committee and an investigation on it, and then media reports come out and say, Xi Jinping's not happy about this investigation that Biden's doing. That's all a ruse. That's all smoke and mirrors. Somebody was paid to do that report. Yeah, make it look like Xi's not happy about what Biden's doing. So Biden's not doesn't look like a puppet of Xi. Come on. That's exactly what's going on. But in the end, oh, well, we put an independent think tank committee on it. And next thing you know, there was no problems. Um, It was inconclusive. Inconclusive is great because you don't have to defend anything. But it came as an, it wasn't natural occurrence. It wasn't a natural virus. It didn't organically happen. It was man-made Every expert will tell you it was man-made, 99.9, sure. 99.9% sure it was man, man-made as a bioweapon that was financed through gain-of-function funding where the NIH gave it to this guy, Dansky, who gave it to 
Wuhan. And Fauci was so nervous about it that in his emails, he wanted to make sure that there was no connection between gain-of-function investing, investing, gain-of-function investing, and you know, and the virus. But why in the world would a guy like that be the guy, the go-to guy, the the face of COVID, the, the ambassador of COVID? When in his emails he says masks don't work, yet we had the mask mandates, the draconian mandates, where we all had to wear masks. And he says in his private emails that the masks don't work. He also said in public that masks don't work. And I understood what he said. And I understand the concept of a mask, and I understand that perhaps... It's true that an N95 works, but everything else, those cloths we put across our faces, didn't work. They weren't effective. It was just for comfort. Now, some people will say, well, ever since I wore the mask, I never got a cold. That might be the case. But to avoid a common cold, you're going to live your life wearing a mask? Not into that. And not only that, but if you want to wear a mask, God bless you. Wear the mask. But don't mandate. Where do you get off with my Bill of Rights protecting me? Where do you get off with your emergency powers, Governor? And tell me what I can and cannot do with my face. With my social life. With my private life. You tell me what I can and cannot do. And I understand private business has the right to do anything that they want. And that's where the trouble comes into paradise. Because the the corporations got on board. They, They got on board with Black Lives Matter, which is a Marxist hate group. They got on board with Antifa and they never... Uh, voiced a complaint about the government not doing enough to save their stores from destruction. They never got on board with that. I was always wondering about that. And of course, it's because the corporations know, knew that there was a play going on. There was a play to rig an election. There was a play that was sponsored by the Democrats. The Democrats support globalism. And it was the big corporations that were getting hit and they were not complaining. And it's the big corporations that endorse Black Lives Matter, the Marxist hate group, because they wanted to get in bed with the Chinese, the, the terrorist state, China, a terrorist group, a terrorist state. Now, who are we controlled by right now? Well, I think that Putin pretty much knows what he could do with Biden. You know, I mean, Biden is basically a puppet. Putin because of the dirt that's on Hunter and there's this uh, new group it's uh, Blue Blue um, Blue Blue Angel uh, I forget what it was called Blue something lobbyist group that's now being under investigation but can you even trust the investigation I've always said and I've been saying it for years as soon as the FBI gets involved forget about it It's rigged. The FBI has lost 
100% of my credibility. I give it zero credibility. As soon as the FBI gets involved, I'm like, whatever. Let the games begin because that's all they know how to play. It's a, it's a wonder, you know, these people, they go to school and they want to be law in law enforcement. Those same individuals were the same individuals that went down because they were told what to do. They went down and with machine guns and SWAT teams and broke into Roger Stone's house. And they broke into Paul Manafort's house. And this was while Trump was president. Now, now Trump is not president. Oh, Biden is occupying the White House. And we're supposed to believe in an investigation into Hunter? I don't think so. And then we got this. We got um, the New York Attorney General going after a former president. And by the way, Nicole Wallace, a a Bush advisor, supposed to be a Republican, but she hates Trump. She hates the Republicans. Uh, basically said the ex-president Trump. She didn't refer to him as former President Trump or President Trump. She said the ex. Now, I only bring these things up because we should never forget these things. You know, these stupid liberals cry the blues when the shoe's on the other foot and they cry like little babies. And it's these spineless rhinos that actually sit there in office and complain, well, we shouldn't be, we shouldn't do that. That's a bad precedent to set. We did make a lot of progress. We got rid of Jeff Flake and Bob Corker and Justin Amash and a whole host of other rhinos. They were just real Trump haters and scumbags. And we got rid of them, and that's great. But we need so much more. And that's why, you know, with org and buglecall.org, what we're doing is we are fighting to rhino, uh, to primary out the rhinos in office, to basically take every single rhino whether it's Lisa Murkowski or Adam Kinzinger or Liz Cheney. I think Liz Cheney's going to be a walk in the park to get rid of her. But we got to get rid of these rhinos. And then there's even, she, you know, there's even people that you have to watch. Like, I, I love Katie Hobbs, but watch her. I see her retweeting uh, Ronna McDaniel all the time out in Arizona, and uh, be careful about her. Be careful about a lot of things. We have factions within our Republican Party. Factions, fissures, and dividing lines. And some of the some of the groups can work together and some can't. But you got to be careful about these things. You know, when you have a lifelong liberal running a group, Question it. Be skeptical. Be careful. When they're saying things that never come true, be careful. Be skeptical.
And when they're doing it to profiteer, be careful and be skeptical. You know, Trump has a team of people, and I've been asked this a few times recently, and they say, well, who do you trust? Who do you trust within the Trump camp? And I tell them, Steve, you know, Dan Scavino, Steve Cortez, Jenna Ellis, I support. I think she's got, she's a trusted advisor. Um, I think that um, uh, there's a host of others. Steve Miller, Stephen Miller, um, a lot of others um, that Trump has. But I don't think it's necessarily this other group uh, that tends to be real gung-ho on Trump. And that's fine, though, you know, because Trump isn't going to silence a big megaphone that says, we love Trump. Don't you? Yeah, we all love Trump. Of course we all love Trump. He was the last bastion of, of hope for our country. And he still is coming back. I believe it. If he wants the 2024 seat, he's got it. We just got to do our part and fix the election rigging. But you know what I never liked? I never What I loved about Reagan and what, what I even loved about Kennedy was I loved that Kennedy was frank. What I loved about Reagan was he was frank. And both of those got shot at. One, of course, died. The other... You know, 63 days into it with Stefan Halper and, and Herbert Walker Bush waiting in the wings, 63 days into the Reagan White House. But at the same week that the Bushes just so happened to be wanting to sit down for and have dinner with the Hinckley family, <laughs> I don't know what that's about. <laughs> uh, but I do kind of suspect that the JFK assassination, the one that I just mentioned those two, uh, we have to wait five years from Herbert Walker Bush's death before we could ever get a release on some documents about the Kennedy assassination because Herbert Walker Bush was CIA at the time and and a lot of people say he was photographed in Dallas at that, at that, at that day of the JFK assassination. How the Bushes have made them, remained in power is beyond me. They got another little one coming up. This is one that actually Trump endorsed. So, you know, he's not doesn't seem so bad right now, but again, some of these swine pedigrees, uh rhino pedigrees, they have a they have a knack for coming out like they're solid one way and then they turn on you. So you got to be careful. But we live in a country where political dissidents will get you in jail. And what they're trying to do is they're trying to prevent Trump from ever coming back. And I don't think the Republicans in, in, in Washington, the, in Congress, fought enough for Trump. He could have used a lot more support. And what I miss is I miss you know Reagan, JFK, speaking from the hip and not using focus groups, not working with handlers, not listening to what handlers had you know told them to, to say. You get the impression that someone like Biden or even Obama Never said, never said anything off script. And when they did, they usually screwed up. But didn't do a lot of off scripting. Everything was controlled by a team 
of people like from the Brookings Institution or Atlantic Council. And these people, they were colluding with the journalists and figuring out exactly how the messaging was going to be said and how the messaging was going to be delivered and distributed to the media. It was packaged from soup to nuts. And then you got President Trump walking out like a boss to the chopper, to Marine One. And there would be all these seething snakes with their teeth out. These alligators that just wanted to bite into the flesh of Donald Trump. These so-called journalists. There were a whole bunch of young little Georgetown, George Washington University, little whippersnappers, all learning their liberal liberal guidance from their liberal professors and told that they should hate Trump or they'll let lose their job. So they did. And then they go out and have their beers at the local watering holes and talk about how they got one on Trump and how they were all part of this little clan, this little, this little sorority fraternity, like skull and bones. Yes, we're right, and, and people don't outside of the Beltway are stupid. And they would go after Trump, and Trump would answer all of their questions, and he would do it unscripted. Like, like all the great leaders that we've heard about and read about in books, we were witness to one, for the last four years. We were witness to it. We were privileged to be part of it. And now we got this loser that can't even speak in complete sentences off script. He reads a prompter okay, but even then sometimes he has to squint and strain, can't get the words out right. And you just get the impression that when you look at his glass face and his big forehead, and his facelift, that somehow Joe Biden, quid pro quo, the biggest corruptest man, the biggest racist that ever walked the halls of Washington since the last Democrat, who was a grand wizard of the KKK, Robert Byrd, who both Hillary and Biden praised and and endorsed, Well, these are the Democrats of yesterday that are still here today. The racist Democrats that know every little dirty trick in the book are so old and and misguided that they've been so far removed, so long ago, uh, removed from the world of competition. You know, that steel sharpened steel you know, that uh, ed, that sword with an edge. They lost their edge. And they sit there and they tell you things that were told to them and they were just told what to say. The scary part is what's coming out of their mouths is so evil that you almost have to think, who is saying this in his ear? Those words that are going in his ear that are coming out of his mouth and that are translating into his pen and writing it onto documents that are legally binding. Who are these monsters in Washington, D.C. that hate America so much that they would do this? 
And it is such a thing. It is it is what it is. And we see it. These people are radical socialists. But you also get the impression that maybe they're not even part of the university elite that endorses critical race theory and 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 abolishing ICE and opening borders and supporting 90% tax of the rich and all these boneheaded ideas, the Green New Deal and everything else in between. Maybe it's Putin. Maybe it's Xi. Maybe it's Iran. The people that really hate us. Incidentally, Netanyahu is no longer in power in Israel. So he lost an election. So, you know, a lot of things are not going right with regard to Middle East peace, for sure. Uh, and it was going great during the Abraham Accords and during the Trump-Netanyahu years when things were aligned and going in a positive direction for peace and normalcy in the Middle East. But these military-industrial complex corrupt into private uh, sectors have corrupted so many officials in Washington that they sell out America as a result of it. So we're living in this world where political dissidence is a real thing, just like in Cuba, just like in uh, North Korea, just like in China. You speak up, you get broken. And what they're trying to do to Trump is the same thing. We're going to take a listen to Tucker Carlson's interview with Don Jr., Don, thanks so much for coming on. What is this investigation about, do you think? I think everyone's been trying to figure that out for five years. I think it's a political persecution, and I know that because she literally campaigned on it. She was going to investigate the crimes. The problem is, it wasn't as though she was a part of this office. She had no idea. But... In New York, it's okay to try to persecute your political enemies, to try to target them, to try to hurt them. And they've been doing that for over five years. So five years, no actual crime. They're in search of a crime. They've been trying to investigate to create a crime because that's what you're doing in New York. Again, shouldn't surprise us anymore. But if this was going on in a banana republic, we'd be outraged. When it's going on in one of the largest states in America, everyone seems to be silent on it. And there's plenty of video out there for people to see. It was literally a campaign promise based on no information, based on no actual knowledge, just that you can do that in New York because it's a Democrat-controlled state. There's nowhere you can go. There's no one you can appeal to because, what, do you end up with another leftist judge making the decision, and they're just fine going after their political enemies as well. So you don't like a politician. He leaves office, and then you hamstring him, threaten him with prison, force him to rack up millions in legal bills. Is there precedent for this? Have we done this to former presidents that you're aware of at any time in American history? You know, I'm not. Uh, that doesn't surprise me. I think Donald Trump has sort of, you know, the Trump derangement syndrome has brought out the worst in all of the other side. But it is unprecedented. And again, it's going on in America today. And I think what people have to understand, if you can go after a former president, target them for years Imagine what they could do to the regular person. We've seen sort of the corruption at the highest levels of the FBI over the last few years. You've seen them target, you know, anyone who was 
anywhere even remotely near the East Coast on January 6th is being targeted. But people who have burned down buildings, who've taken over buildings, who have looted, committed arson, committed murder for the 12 months prior, total pass. They're not interested. This is what's going on. The entire system has been corrupted. And what's worse is that there is no way to appeal it. There is no way to stop the nonsense. In New York, crime is going through the roof. Taxes are going to go through the roof. Property values are going down. Murder rates are skyrocketing. And yet, rather than using taxpayer dollars to actually go and solve those issues to prevent the degeneration of New York even further, they're going to continue to spend those taxpayer dollars targeting their enemies. And that's pretty disgusting. And I think the taxpayers should be aware of that. I've seen what's happened in New York City. I left for a reason. Uh, it's not a good scenario. And when I know a lot of the guys that are big taxpayers in this city, they're fleeing for places like I did to Florida for a much better standard of living, for a lot less taxes, for a lot less nonsense. The New York taxpayer has to be asking the question, why are you wasting my taxpayer dollars on this rather than, again, solving the uncontrolled homicide that's going on, uh, the devaluation of real estate, et cetera, et cetera. People want the rule of law. And when the chief law enforcement officer promises to prosecute a crime she can't describe, then you realize this is not a system based on law. It's a system based on political grudges. A hundred percent. And, and that's part so of the problem, Tucker. Even if they don't get anything, they get you to spend millions of dollars. And that's sort of a win well, in that, and of itself. And it's tens of millions of dollars. And you've got no choice. I appreciate your Wow. Yeah. Isn't that something, right? That's absolutely stunning. It's scary. The times, the time, the times we're living in is uh, absolutely scary, and it's uh, something we got to be more vigilant about. Uh, and people ask me, they say, "What do we do to fix these problems?" And I say, "The first thing we have to do is." fix the election integrity problem. That's the first thing we do as a country. I think that, you know, as I said yesterday, the first thing, really, the first thing we do is we secure our country. You know, national security. Uh, we can't, you know, we can get bombed one day and we're out of business, right? We need a strong military. But But that being said, if we've learned anything from 9-11, we need to secure our borders. If we've learned anything from COVID, we need to secure our borders. You know, I mean, we can't be having people coming across our southern borders spreading the virus. We can't have terrorists coming over the southern border and exploiting our, you know, blowing up our buildings. It's a matter of time before these things get spiral out of control. And again, it's all for votes. That's what the Democrats are doing with these, you know, obviously. I mean, is there any question to anybody? Has anybody not figured this out? Has anyone not figured it out that it's all about getting votes? Have I told this story enough? I love to tell it because I actually hate doing book bookkeeping. Uh, it's one of my least favorite things to do in the world is go into QuickBooks and do stuff. I hate that. I'd much rather be here talking with you.
I mean, it's one thing I hate. I hate doing bookkeeping and accounting. Hate it. But I do, more, I, do, I do know one thing. I can't create an invoice if I don't have an account. And I always love to tell this story. It's a basic one. Easy to remember. And that is if you, if you want to uh, to get an account that you can then associate an, a, 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 a registration for, you know, like an election registration, uh, that election registration then turns into a ballot, and that ballot turns into a vote. But it all starts with an account. So these heads that come across the heads of cattle, they're not looking at them, at them as people. They don't care whether they drown. There was just a report of uh, drownings. You know, there's a report of a woman getting raped. I mean, there's all kinds of reports. But, you know, it's so bad, in fact, that Texas Governor Abbott declared a state of emergency. He said it was the first time they ever declared a state of an emergency for the border crossings getting so bad. First time ever. That's how bad it is. It's like the government, the federal government, creating a hurricane to destroy Texas. So they have to declare a state of emergency so that they can get emergency powers to uh, take charge of their southern border that the federal government is destroying. It's pretty uncanny. It's unprecedented for sure. But you need that head, that head of cattle. The Democrats don't care, but they need that head of cattle. And they need it. And they come in and uh, they're applied an account number, an ID. And then that, that account number can be migrated, <clears throat> moved. You can put them on a bus and say, you're an illegal, we want you to be here. We need to diversify, we need to set up and distribute our resources accordingly. So we're going to put you here. They've probably already worked on, okay, where are we going to put our facilities? Where's our battleground districts in, in, in the United States? Where do we need the most votes? We're going to put these people over there. And sure enough, that's what they do. I've been hearing about people going to Omaha, and, and I've been hearing uh, about people going to uh, Akron, Ohio, and all kinds of places. They were doing it with Georgia and Louisiana, and they're targeting Louisiana. They're targeting Arizona, and they're targeting Georgia, and they're targeting Ohio. They're targeting Pennsylvania. These are states they can't afford to lose. And I think that in some cases, they're especially because they have you have DeSantis. They're they're sort of giving up on Florida for now, and so they got to get aggressive with stealing these other states. Maybe the states that are more affordable to buy out. I'm not sure. But I do want to play this. Um, I want to play uh, something about, I want to switch gears a little bit. And I want to, oh, by the way, before I forget, there are three uh, cases, Supreme Court cases that are going to be coming out uh, today, tomorrow, 
soon. Some are going to come out, I think, today. But not all of them, I don't believe. I think that some are going to come come out on Friday and maybe over the weekend. Three cases to pay attention to. Arizona versus the DNC voting laws. That's a Supreme Court decision. California versus Texas. Obamacare. Okay. So Arizona versus DNC on voting laws. California versus Texas on Obamacare. And Fulton versus City of Philadelphia, LGBT. So that's not Fulton County, Georgia. That's Fulton, a person's name, versus City of Philadelphia, LGBT. So those are big cases, LGBT, Obamacare, voting laws. That'll be big. So predictions, which decisions will, will, will we get tomorrow? Any of them? So who knows? Who knows how that's going to go? But it is interesting to keep your eye on that. Keep a lookout for that. All right, so I want to play um, Dr. Atlas. We haven't heard enough about him. And uh, let's see. No, this is not playing. All right, so it says here, it's good to be called an outlier when the inliers are what we're seeing here. Dr. Scott Atlas gets the last laugh on Fauci and the fake news hacks and hitmen. So Dr. Atlas joined the Trump coronavirus team in August 2020. This was months after Dr. Fauci and Dr. Burks had spread their fear porn across their, the country and the developing world. Dr. Atlas questioned Dr. Fauci's irrational and unscientific policies. For this, he was public enemy number one to the political left and fake news mainstream media. So this was Dr. Atlas. So even hack Chris Wallace attacked Dr. Atlas, which tells you everything. So remember when uh, Chris Wallace was saying, no, that's just not true, sir. I'm going to have to cut you off for lying. Remember that? He just wouldn't let Atlas speak. And uh, sure enough. And Dr. Fauci continuously attacked Dr. Atlas after he dared challenge his authority. Mainly what was concerning Fauci uh, the most, what was concerning Fauci the most was um, whether it was natural or whether it was man-made. That was the part that he, he wanted, he was more, most upset about. So let's I mean, I don't here. think against Dr. Atlas as a person, but I totally disagree with the stand he takes. I, I, I just do, period. And Atlas has been even more vocal lately just about how much the American people have been harmed by a lack of oversight by Fauci and his colleagues. Joining us now, the author of A Plague Upon Our House, My Fight at the Trump White House to Stop COVID from Destroying America, which will be released later this year. The anti-Fauci himself, former White House COVID advisor, Dr. Scott Atlas. Doctor, it's a pleasure to have you with us, with us this evening. Thanks so much for joining us. Sure, thanks for having me. Well, curious to hear your firsthand experience working with the Trump White House, your experience with Dr. Fauci, and are you surprised by what was revealed in these emails? 
Well, uh, you know, I, I would say it this way. Uh, I was called an outlier, and it, it's good to be an outlier when the inliers are what we're seeing here. Um, you know, the, uh, a lot of that stuff that you're talking about, the emails, these are emails from way before when I got there. So I'm, I'm seeing these things for the first time myself. But uh, as one of my colleagues uh, and epidemiology friends, uh, John Ioannidis, told me many times throughout this whole pandemic, when I was trying to say the truth, he used to say the truth will prevail. And I think that's what we're seeing here. Do you agree with Steve that Fauci should be uh, called to testify about uh, what he knew in some of these conversations? Well, I think, uh, you know, I, I don't know about that. I mean, that's not my job. Uh, let the politicians do their jobs. But, but I can say that there's, there's a lot of uh, public record from way before uh, when I got there in August uh, from February on that shows, uh, you know, gross misinformation being disseminated uh, and, you know, in, in implementation of these lockdowns that were really the recommendation of Dr. Fauci and Burks. They failed to stop the deaths. There were tremendous amount of harms from them, enormous harms to our children, massive health harms. These mandates that were issued on behavior and on other things that introduce fear, completely unethical things, because obviously introducing fear into, a pub, into the public is unethical for a public health official. And, you know, uh, these people were not, uh, apparently Dr. Fauci uh, may have forgotten about science uh, during his work, but, you know, these are things from before I got there, so, uh, you know, it's, it's up to others to discover. Dr. Actors, I want to ask you about that topic of the acquiescence of at least a lot of Americans, certainly not all Americans, but a lot of Americans, to these onerous restrictions that were uh, inflicted by Dr. Fauci and others. You recently gave a speech, and I want to read you a quote from your own speech. You said, I remain surprised at the acceptance by the American people of draconian rules, restrictions, and unprecedented mandates, even those that are arbitrary, destructive, and wholly unscientific. So, Dr. Atlas, I am certainly surprised as well at how many Americans were willing to accept these restrictions. So my question to you is, is why were they? Uh, was Fauci, unfortunately, just a very good salesman of fear? Is that how he got normally liberty-loving Americans to surrender? You know, this is really one of the big questions that came out of the pandemic. There are many big issues that were really exposed. One was the, uh, you know, incredible power of the government to, to arbitrarily shut down schools, societies, put people in their homes, forbid even interactions among family members. But the bigger issue and the bigger surprise really to me is the acquiescence you know, of, of Americans, you know, the, the lack of independent thinking. The, the reason in the beginning, of course, is fear. Fear makes people irrational. And of course, we all had a reason to be afraid in the beginning. But at some point, uh, you know, independent thinking, critical thinking, I used to say to myself, where are the scientists in the beginning? Because there was irrational nonsense being spewed by some of the faces of public health. And then I started asking, where are the pediatricians when these children are being sacrificed out of fear mm. to adults when the kids had almost had very little risk and almost no risk of dying? Uh, where were the pediatricians? Where were the parents, frankly? Uh, you know, I'm a parent. We right. all love our kids. But, you know, you have to think rationally here. Where are the ethicists? 
uh, where are the psychologists and in fact where are the independent minded Americans where are these tough New Yorkers where are these tough right. Americans they sit there cowering in their homes the science is there it was clear back a year ago when I said it last spring about all these things all of the science was known there is no new information that changed anything uh, and yet people maintain this thing uh, this sort of fear behavior even after being vaccinated right. and I see it every day including today when I was outside in California here people are riding their bikes alone vaccinated with masks on this right. country is yeah. damaged and I think this is one of the biggest sins of the faces of public health is inflicting right. psychological harms that are going to last for years on the American public. Doctor, I want to ask you about that issue of vaccinations because we've seen. So that is just the, one of the most powerful audio clips I could play for you. And uh, I'm so glad you got to hear it. I'm so glad we got to hear it together. Um, you know, uh, remember the empty hospitals. Remember the fear. Remember what the media was doing, taking footage, stock footage from a war zone or, or a coroner's office, uh, all these dead bodies, all these morgue trucks. And then the reality was you never saw ambulances on the streets. I remember um, Jason Goodman going around, walking around Manhattan on YouTube. And YouTube was silencing everybody. And and not only that, but people that wanted to speak up against it, like me, on social media, was getting censored and cut off all the time. And here's Dr. Atlas saying exactly what I've been trying to say for as long as he has. And what I'm saying is, we were censored. To answer Dr. Atlas's question, why? is because you got scientists that would be annexed from the community of liberal ivory tower elites and they their careers could be in jeopardy just like a journalist can't be conservative if they uh, or else they'll never get a front page story and they won't be able to feed their family it's this level of coercion that the democrats have and they try to come off like they're chill, they're easygoing, and that it's the Republicans that are racist. How we allow them <clears throat> to win that argument, <clears throat> I think is in part is because they control the media, the main media, and they control government. There's no wonder that 97% of voters in the D.C. Beltway are liberal. You can pretty much rest assured that everybody you run into is going to be a liberal in Washington, D.C. Statistics show that. And so you have to be careful about, you know, you'll lose your job in a quick moment. I know so many conservatives that like Trump that lost their job as a result of just that. It's not, it's not, I'm not, I'm not making that up either. You know, uh, there's two articles I wanted to get into that I posted today, this morning. How the media's COVID lies weaken America. What happens when the next big disease rolls around? And what if it's one that actually 
that's actually as deadly as people thought COVID might be. Who can people trust? It's sort of like the weatherman who's constantly reporting doomsday. And, you know, it's like, oh, that doomsday is not happening. Sorry, folks. It's like the boy who cried wolf, right? There's a wolf. Ah, just kidding. Made you, made you look a dirty crook. And then all of a sudden, you really do have a problem with a wolf. And the, the, the help doesn't come up. Nah, he's just lying. We don't trust our government. That's how I opened up the show. We do not trust our government. Vaccine mandates shouldn't be the next COVID policy disaster. The determined push for indiscriminate vaccination of the previously infected of pregnant women and of children causes me to ask questions. So this is Ron Johnson writing this, Senator Ron Johnson. And you got to ask the question, too, about our civil rights. I was hoping the Atlas would even say something about that. Where were the civil liberties lawyers questioning and testing and, and pressuring and taking these matters to the courts? But, you know, one of the net positives for the results is they're putting a curb on emergency powers. They're putting a curb on it, like they're limiting how long a governor can rationalize or have an emergency order. And how many weeks out you can you change election laws based on an emergency? So there's a lot of good that came out of things. But for the most part, you know, we're still dealing with where do we go from here and what do we do? It's true. I don't understand how and why people wear masks riding a bike isolated from everybody else. We gotta lose this. We gotta get our independent thinking back. We gotta be mavericks. We gotta be patriots. And that's what this whole patriot movement is all about. And you can find out more by visiting buglecall.org, uh, magapack.org. We want to thank uh, our friends for making the donations that they've made. Uh, you know, and uh, and you know, so we're very appreciative of that. Uh, we're getting the donations. Um, in and uh, we're going to be making a difference in the 2022 elections, main, mainly the primary elections, to make sure that we have patriots taking the seats in office that rep- most represent the people of the United States and the hardworking Americans. Be sure to check out our podcast over at scottadamshow.com and we'll see you next time on the radio. Bye bye, everybody. We're a stand, the mound's getting steeper. They grab a shovel, dig the hole a little deeper. Just to bury my kids right up 